and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Cheers, queers. Welcome back to Big Gay Energy. What's on the Big Gay agenda today, Caitlin? Oh, we are once again talking about Heartstopper. Yes, we're wrapping up season one by finishing off episodes six through eight. Yes. So let's get into it. Episode six is Girls, 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 Girls. Girls, it's such a good episode. Is that a song? Yeah, it's a Haley Kiyoko song. Okay, that's <laughs> Is that the song? Is, is that, that that song? Or is that a no, different no, no, song? No, no, a different song. Okay. No, different song. But I mean, it's Haley Kiyoko, so it's all girls, and you said her name, so I have to hydrate for her. So. Okay. Haley Kiyoko, I'm for like to Jesus. talk to you. Yep. All right, so, but before we jump into the girls themselves, this episode opens in the best way possible with Nick trying to watch a movie with his mom, <laughs> and they end up watching Pirates of the Caribbean, and his mom's like, you still make me watch this movie all the time, so much that I had it memorized, and then Nick realizes why when he's sitting on the couch with his mom, and he's like, oh shit, it's because I have crushes on both Kira Knightley and Orlando Is that Blue. what it was? Yeah. Okay. Because you know how, like, kids, like, get obsessed with stuff, and his mom's yeah. like, you were obsessed with this movie, and then he's, like, looking at the both of them, he's like, oh shit, they're both attractive, and he's like, so that's why <laughs> Nick's bisexual ass was like hindsight. Everybody's hot in this movie. Let's All the things it. that I was obsessed with growing up. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, that's why I watched Stick It five million times. This all makes sense now. Uh, mine was obsessed with Selena Gomez so much that like I treasured a movie she was in, and I kept the box it was in, and I would always put it back in the Amazon box. But uh, Nick's uh, crush on Kira Knightley, that shit's real. I can't relate to Orlando Bloom, but he's a pretty looking man, so go Nick. <laughs> but that was a funny fucking moment that I feel like is super relatable for people. Because it's like, it's like the thing that's trending on TikTok, the switch. People are like, switch sides, switch sides. Every time like like a hot guy comes on screen, a hot girl comes on screen, like the bisexual things keep doing that. I feel like that was Nick in that moment. He's like, oh. switch sides, switch sides. It's like Kira, <laughs> Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If somebody hasn't made that TikTok, maybe they should. Maybe we should. Ideas. Anyway, maybe coming soon. We'll see if we remember. Okay, so the girls. So in this episode, Nick actually bonds with the girls a lot. Um, and in this episode, uh, Tara... So in the last episode, like, Tara explained to Nick, she's like, yeah, we kind of want to be more, like, out in public. So they, like, kiss at the party under the guise of darkness and people not paying attention to them. But in this episode... Tara just, like, puts them on Instagram, like, a picture of the two of them. I think it was a little, like, halfway through the episode. That was their plot line, though, in this episode, though. Yeah. And so, they're more out, but, like, their conflict is that, like, things changed and people are looking at them differently. Darcy does well, not care. Darcy doesn't care. And Darcy's out, so she also doesn't care. Yeah. And has been through this before and is like, whatever. And this is new for Tara, who's like... Wow, people are really treating me differently. Because she got a bunch of... Cause she's, like, scrolling through the comments at one point, And people are like, yay, congrats. And then other people are like, you don't look like a lesbian. That's weird. And so she's, like, getting, like... And she's getting both positive and, like, negative slash confused feedback. And they talk about it with Nick later. I forget why they're there. It was... I forget what, why they were at the school together. Um, but he, like explains to them that he's dating Charlie. And, like, this is the first group of people he ever tells, mm -hmm. which is really cute. So, like, all the gays are, like, supporting each other in this show, which is one thing I really love about this show. Yeah. It's super cute. And he tells them, and then they kind of, well, like, they kind of explain that they're, I guess, Tara's out more now. And she kind of, like, can relate to him in the sense that she's like, well, now people are, like, treating me differently and looking at me differently, and it's it's hard. She's like, I understand that. And it's really sad because in the background, like, Darcy's watching her, and she looks really worried, and it's really sad. Because, like, she's like, oh, crap. Oh, no. Does she regret this? Does she not want to be with me? Is mm -hmm. she going to, like, dump me? Like, you can, like, feel her, like, gay panic that she's having in the background about all of this. But, like, I think that's kind of what Nick's afraid of a little bit, too. Because mm -hmm. they both have, like, they seem to have similar friend circles, whereas, like, you know, the fact that they knew each other when they were 13, I would assume they were both, like, 
popularish kids, mm-hmm. and so under have similar like expectations that other people just put on them. And so now that they're, they're like, no, I'm not conforming to this, Tara's getting like other types of feedback that she wasn't. She says it too. I wasn't like prepared for this. You know, it's really sad. Yeah, I was really worried that it was gonna. Like, Nick wasn't going to come out at all this season because... Yeah. Of what she went through. Yeah, exactly. But so, so people suck. People suck. But it's really it's really nice to, like... Now he has, like, another group of friends that he can talk to this about that isn't Charlie. Because, you know, because, like, it can be awkward to, like, express your fear to the person that you're dating. Which is why poor Darcy's in this position where she's hearing Tara express her fears and she's like, fuck. Like, she's just panicking. But, like, Tara and Nick can, like... Be like, hey, like, you know, this this is scary. And it is. And it's okay to feel that and express that to other people. Like, you shouldn't be, like, scared to, like, confide in your friends about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a really cute and important thing that they kind of go through. Um, but fun stuff that happens with them is they bond. And Darcy's like, well, if you and Nick are, and you and Charlie are dating, we should go on a double date. <laughs> Which then turns into a triple date because they create this, like, meddling gays group chat between the four of them, which is the fucking cutest thing ever. And Darcy's like, well, Elle, earlier in the episode, told us that she's into Tao, so we should get them together because those two (laughs) are moving at the speed of glaciers. So let's get them together. So they concoct this triple date to go to this really cool milkshake stand. Yeah. Wherever the hell that is. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And they're meeting there before the... Oh, that's why they're banned. Oh the God. band is happening. The worst... We'll get into the band. But, like, they have to meet before the big band rehearsal or recital or whatever. Yeah. Well, the the milkshakes is before the concert. The milkshake... The concert. Thank you. Yeah. The milkshakes is before the concert. Like, 15 minutes before the concert. Like, they didn't time this very well, this date. They got a second milkshake. <laughs> and then realized the concert starts... Starts! They should start... In 15 minutes. 15 minutes. You know how much happens in those 15 minutes? <laughs> oh, I know. I need to recap this real quick. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So... Do it. They get the milkshakes. Yes. Milkshake number one. One of them said, I think it might be Tao. Like, the concert starts in 15 minutes. They're like, oh shit, we better go. All the the four uh, gay. Yeah, the gays. The four gays. Yeah, well, yeah, Nick's not in it though, but he's just like very concerned for them, for the people in it. Yeah, it's Charlie, Tara, and Darcy are all in the band. Yes. Um, So they're on their way there. Meanwhile, Tao and Elle are just like moseying along because they're in the audience yeah they don't care they don't care but then they get there <laughs> there's no audience members the band is not set up the teacher is only yelling at darcy, darcy and Tara. even though there's still other people entering the Half room the band seats are empty yes she's only yelling at them and then i love it meanwhile tara runs out of the room then Darcy runs out of the room to get Tara. They get locked in a room. They and then... Room. Yes. And then they have a whole conversation. And then the other queers come running after trying to find them. And then they find them and they come back. And then Darcy and Tara get yelled at again. And then Nick helps uh, one of them... Tara. Tara get... Put her clarinet together. Yeah. Okay. Again... They were not even in the building 15 minutes before the concert started. I know. I feel like the teacher lied to them about when the concert (laughs) actually started. Because I love that she's yelling at the girls to get ready because Charlie had to set up a whole ass drum set. And she was yelling at them. Like, what? (laughs) It's just, they're the, obviously, and we heard them practice multiple times during this episode because the girls were on campus so they could practice for this thing. Their band is terrible. That's all I gotta say. And we didn't listen to a, a lick of them actually performing. It's probably for the best. <laughs> they, didn't, they they sound like they're a hot mess, and I don't want to even hear them. That's why they didn't care. Nobody cared. That's what they're like, 50 minutes? I can down this entire milkshake and be there in time. No problem. Do England schools not tend to have theaters or something? Or I it might just be the school, but... I'm really surprised that they did it in the gym. I don't know yeah. if I was just very lucky to have a theater in my school. 
Because that could be it. I don't... I. It seems like a really nice school, so I don't see why there wouldn't... At least one of those campuses between the boys yeah. and the girls have a, like, a theater, full-on theater for them to perform in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't know. And they tend to always go to the boys' school. So, you know what? Does that mean the girls get sucky stuff? You know, right? The girls have, like... like come on. I don't know, because we've been in their classrooms at the girls' school, and the girls' school looks cool. I don't know. That's a valid question. I don't know. Maybe because they're the worst band ever, and they're like, you don't deserve the theater. <laughs> you gotta earn the theater. And the conductor's always like, well, yeah, we will, and then, like, can never get them to perform, right? And they're like, fuck it, whatever. I feel like it was for a pep rally, though, or something, so maybe that's why they're in there. I don't fucking know. That is weird. No, it was no, just it a wasn't. concert. It was just a concert, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. You're getting this confused with no, uh, I feel another like, show. <laughs> no, because I feel like they were... Only because, like, they took time out of school to prepare, like, the girls and the guys. That's why they were, like, together at lunch. It just seems really weird to take away school time to have them practice. I, it doesn't matter. Anyway. You see the... how much work they needed? They're, they're, they're not ready for this concert, is all we're saying. See, they just needed bodies. They're like, we I, need they, a they music need, program they need to bodies. get funding for right. something. There's some donor in that audience who's like i'm taking my checks back (laughs) this is not worth it this is why you're never getting the theater anyway so the triple milkshake date basically like the gays were knew they were on a date the straights didn't during the date charlie tells l this is important well l kind of figures out that they're dating because nick says something he's like oh it's a triple date and then I was like, wait a minute, so you guys are dating. So she figures figures it out, and then she's like, when the hell are you going to tell Tao? Because Tao was away getting milkshakes when this happens. <laughs> and Charlie straight up freezes because he's super afraid. Because, like, Nick has been a sore subject with Tao since the beginning. And so, like, Charlie really doesn't know how to tell him. And so he doesn't. And so Tao is, like... A stupid mistake. Well, yeah, it is a stupid mistake, but, like, again, Tao, like, this is a self-fulfilling prophecy from Tao. He was afraid of being alone and, like, left out of his friend group, and, like, because he was so hostile towards Nick, Charlie ended up leaving him out, because Isaac already figured it out, and then Elle now knows, so, like, Tao is literally the only friend that doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Which is really sad for Tao, but, like, he was being so- I can't- he can't really blame Charlie. He doesn't know how to tell him, uh- and then the meddling gays are trying to push Tao and Elle together. And it doesn't work. And Elle gets mad. because oh, she's pissed. She's pissed. Because she's like, listen, I told you this. And I not so that you can meddle, but because I needed somebody to talk to who would understand. And she's afraid of what kind of Tao is afraid of, which is like their friendship dynamics all changing. Uh-huh. So Elle's really afraid, understands that Tao is afraid of this and doesn't want to like be honest about the way she feels. Because she's like, that'll freak him out. Because he's already worried about Charlie leaving and changing and this would definitely change the friend dynamics so it's a shitty position for her to be in too you know she gets the she gets the pining after my best friend storyline and she does it well and how's the oblivious idiot in love and doesn't realize he's the idiot in love he's very 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 oblivious he's very dense he's always like what do you mean what 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 are you gonna tell me what what I do relate to that. <laughs> you need to tell Caitlin stuff straight up. Yeah. She's not going to read into anything. Mm-mm. No. I, I don't do tell. all subtext. No. You know who's probably great at subtext? Isaac. Yeah. He's the king of subtext. He's great. So yeah, he figured out... He's he's also that there. Uh, so anyway, that, that all happens. And then... What else happens in this? Oh yeah, um... Tar and Darcy get locked in the makeout room. And they have their, this was their makeout room originally, and they get locked in there, and this is, this scene is really heartbreaking and sad, but also, like, all the couples in this show have amazing communication skills. Even when Tao is being dumb, Tao and Elle still have really good communication skills. But these guys do it well, too, because Tara keeps expressing, like, how it's hard for her that now that she, they're out, well, she's out, that, like, people are treating her differently, and, and, like, she, they actually talk to each other. And she's honest about this and says, um, the first thing that Darcy says to her, which is so sad, is she's like, do you regret it? Is what she asks her. Because she keeps watching this in the background. It's like, fuck. Like, she, she's like, you're having secondhand, you're ha- like, you, you re-, she feels like that. She's like, crap, you regret this. And like, mm-hmm. this is my fault. Kind of like what Charlie feels 
felt with Nick, he's like, I'm sorry, this is my fault that this is happening to you because you like me. And basically Tara says no, but she, she just wasn't prepared for things to change is what she said. And she tells Darcy, she's like, you, on the other hand, are so confident about your sexuality. She's like, and I feel like I don't know anything. So it's, it's like the girl version of what's going on with Nick, but with a super confident partner. <laughs> because Darcy's like, anytime anybody throws the lesbian stuff at Darcy, she's like, I'm gonna throw cheese at them. Like, she doesn't give a single fuck, and I love it. I love it. her so much. She's like, I always have extra homophobia cheese for throwing. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments from her. But, uh... Yeah, so, she, she, you know, and she's basically like, I don't know what I'm doing either. I'm just being me, like, you know. And so they have a very cute moment together where it's kind of like, okay, you don't regret this, but it's it's hard for everybody. Not everybody processes this stuff, like, the you know, the internal stuff and the external stuff the same way. And I really like the way this show depicts, I've said this multiple times, but it depicts it from multiple angles and, multiple, and not everybody's journey this, is the same. And so I really appreciate the fact that Allison wrote all these characters very differently and they go through different journeys and have different support systems that help or hinder them on their journeys and so I, re I really like this perspective because it's, it's very true like some shows make it seem like it's very easy some shows make it seem like it's impossible this show finds middle of the road mm -hmm. like it is different like things do change like you know like from other people's you know the way other people view you so at first the transition that transition can be bumpy but, like, you know, I think over time, like, Tara kind of, like, gets comfortable in her own skin. It's hard when you're young and you don't even know who the fuck you are. And then yeah. you deal with something like this, too, that shifts, you know, other people's perception of you. It's really, really challenging, you know? And so I like that they got to, like, actually talk that through and not have this be this weird wedge between them. So I really enjoyed that. And uh, I wanted to bring up my last point I wanted to bring up about this episode I think a big theme in this episode is the fact that visibility is a double-edged sword so and from and I'm going to compare Nick and Tara in this this topic because Tara you know kind of struggles with coming out and in the fact that she's being seen now by others as a lesbian and is exper experiences that happy confused kind of reactions from people so she's the one out and, like, is visible to others. Um, where is Nick is experiencing something peripherally um, while he's figuring stuff out, where he sees how Charlie has been affected, kind of, like, by being visible. Um, he, you know, Nick knows that he was bullied by, like, his friend group, basically, because they had that one scene where Charlie had the Instagram photo. He's like, I hate this place. And it was, like, the locker room hallway. And Nick had this vision. He's like, oh, yeah, all the jocks locker room talk they make fun of him you know so he saw bad stuff through charlie and then he's also seeing good stuff in because he sees tara and darcy's relationship and like how happy they are together um so he's seen he's experiencing both sides of the coin but the other thing is that like visibility and represent why representation matters so much is because the thing that really helps nick along in his journey is when he finds that bisexual male youtuber Mm -hmm. who talks about his personal experience and nick is just like finally somebody who uh, who is saying what i'm feeling yeah and that's the thing that really helps him be like i think this is me because this person that i can relate to is saying the things that i'm feeling and I, now i understand that this is an option for me whereas before i'm just seeing lesbians gay guys straight people and then here's this other person and he's like that's me there it is like now I, I understand more about me because I, I saw somebody. That's why representation is so important. And I like the fact that this show has multiple lenses. Straight people, queer people, a trans person. Like, we get the ace stuff with Isaac. Like, it's so important to see different lenses. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, not everything is, you know, so black and white or this and that. And so I, I like that they're depicting that with Nick. Like, the, re the representation of visibility matters. Both Good, bad, and everything in between. It's, it's a lot, yeah. I like it. Sorry. I... Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. So, let's hydrate for representation, because... I would, I would appreciate it. It matters, and, like, go that YouTuber. All right. 
Anything else you want to say about the girls before we move into our, I least, love them. our least favorite episode? <laughs> it's important, but least favorite. Yeah. The tone is very monochromatic. I would just like to say that my first note for this whole episode was, I love Darcy. I fucking love Darcy. I was so worried for her. Because just because, like, the way Tara kept talking, and I was like, oh, poor Darcy, gonna get her little heart broken. I can't, I just let the lesbians be happy just, in the show. It's not, a, it's not just, about their journey. Yeah, just, it's just not about them. them. Just let them be happy. Okay. I just want lesbians to be happy. For once, we're never happy. Speaking of not being happy, uh, oh, no. we get to episode seven called Bully, which I called the struggle bus episode. No. So this is like the, <laughs> this is like the, the rock bottom before we get to the good stuff in the finale. So here's a quick summary of what happens here. So Nick and Charlie go to the movies with the rugby lads because Nick's like, hey, I hung out with your friends come hang out with mine. And it does not go well because it brings up all of Charlie's insecurities and because they're still not out. And so Charlie has to play the role of friend that Nick brought. And so of course, like Harry makes fun of Charlie mm-hmm. and Ben is there and that's never good. Freaking Ben. I know. <sighs> I know. But the good thing that comes out of this, which, okay, before we get there, Charlie ends up leaving after, like, Harry kind of starts, like, he's like, hey, you're gay. Which I can't tell if Harry is trying to, like, actually bond with him, but he doesn't know how to because, like, he's just a meathead. And so he's like, hey, you're gay. Do you think this guy's hot? Like, he's, like, talking, but he's, like, talking like a dude, bro. And, like, Charlie runs away. And so I can't tell if Harry's, like, actually trying to bond with him mm-hmm. or he's trying to bully him because he's, like, he's kind of an idiot and a meathead. And that's how yeah. meatheads talk to each other. So I can't really tell because I think Harry does actually care about the way Nick perceives him. And he's always confused by the fact that Nick doesn't act like the other guy. Like, Nick doesn't hive think like the other guys. Nick's always challenging him, and Harry's always like, what? Like, it's, it's like, it's like, does not compute. This is not how guys behave. So I can't, t- I can't tell. But either way, Charlie's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And he leaves and calls his dad. Uh, and Nick tries to get him. He's like, no, no, no. Uh, this is, these are your friends. I can't. I'm leaving. And then Ben follows. I can't understand Ben. Ben can't leave shit alone. He's like, what, you're dating Nick now? So Ben is, like, jealous out of nowhere after gaslighting Charlie. And then he gaslights him again in this scene. He's I don't like, understand why Ben's still here. I don't understand why he's here in this because scene. Because they replaced Ben with Harry, basically, with, like, the bullying. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think Ben is the uh, closeted, internalized homophobia guy. I think he's important to have in there. Versus, I think Harry's just not smart. He's just the dumb jock that has a lot that is popular. Oh, we forgot about Ben for so long. But then he just shows up here. So it's very like, why is Ben here? Like, it's like kicking Charlie when he's at his lowest. And so of course Ben shows up, right? Because mm-hmm. who, who could kick Charlie at his lowest? And he's kind of, he's always like, you're dating Nick. And then Charlie's like, nope, we're not because they're not out. And then Ben immediately turns on the gaslight. He's like, of course not. Who would like you? Like, Ben, you need to learn how to flirt with people. Like, <laughs> what is this? What was the end goal here for Ben? What was the end goal here? Um, to gaslight Charlie into liking him again? I think that's what he was trying to do. Because he was trying to make Charlie feel worthless. And that's usually when he preys on Charlie. I feel like that's what he was doing. To figure out something. Yeah, and then, but anyway, Charlie's dad shows up and that ends that, but whatever. So the big moral of this story is that uh, Nick confronts his friends, mainly Harry, because, and Nick really has like an identity crisis. He's like, who the fuck am I? Like, when I'm around you guys, I don't like who I am and I don't like how you guys are behaving. And nobody is pointing out the fact that what Harry's doing is not okay. He's like, you're making Charlie so uncomfortably left. And then they end up getting into a fist fight because Harry starts like going after Charlie and Nick can't stand that because he's a gentleman. <laughs> and they get into a fight. <sighs> yep. And uh, this again triggers stuff for Charlie and Charlie's like, see, when he sees the black eye, he's like, fuck, I'm now Nick's getting into fights because of mm-hmm. me. He's not friends with his friends. I'm ruining his life. And Charlie just starts spiraling, spiraling. To the point where he's like, I need to break up with Nick because I'm going to ruin his life. But, uh, Tao mentions this, I think in the next episode, but that 
Charlie feels like his very existence is a burden to people. burden to everybody yep. around him. Yeah, and it's like from his perspective, like he can never seem to have a good thing. It just seems to always get ruined. You know, mm-hmm. at least in the romantic realm, friendship wise, not so much, and then sibling wise, not so much. We didn't mention Charlie's sister. Oh, I love her. I love her. I forget her name. <laughs> I love her. She always has a drink and a straw. She reminds me of a vampire. She does. She's got those goth vibes with the like the long black hair. <clears throat> she doesn't go out. But oh, we've seen her on a bus. Yeah, yeah. She goes to school, so she gets on the bus with Charlie, and then she goes to the girls' school. Uh, so wait, anyway, Charlie is like, I'm worthless, and I'm I don't want Nick to be worthless. Let me break up with him, and so he tries to break up with Nick, and as he's doing that, Tao gets into a massive fight with Harry. And so then, of course, he does. One of the funniest scenes I've ever seen ensues, in which Tao, gangly Tao, who can't run, <laughs> tries to fight Harry, and he goes all feral on him by whacking him with his beanie. And it's one of the funniest moments in the show, because <laughs> it just is. Go watch it. I just, I fucking love it. He throws apple juice on the Harry. He does, he throws the apple juice on him. And if you look at the bloopers, um, it gets in the actor's eyes, oh, and he sh- can't see, and he's just like, I can't, I can't open my eyes. <laughs> Aww. Oh my god, that that fight was hilarious. But yeah, so Charlie doesn't get to bring up with Nick. Tao gets into the fight, and that's kind of the end of that episode. <laughs> Her note is Tao going feral with the beanie, lol. It's, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> Alright, anything about Bully before we get to the finale? No, I don't like that one as much. Alright, let's move on. So we get to the last episode, which is called Boyfriend. And I just want to shout out whoever wrote this episode because this is how you end a season one. <laughs> Don't clap in the mic. Sapphic writers, please take note. This is how you end a season one. On yes. a hopeful note, not a devastating note. Okay, both are cliffhangers, but for different reasons. I'm, I just, this is how you end a season one. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Especially when you haven't been picked up for another one. Exactly. Watch season two is going to end on such a bad cliffhanger. I mean, it doesn't matter. They get the season yeah. three. But, like, because they can. Also, they're books, so you can just go see them, read the books and know what happened. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I know. I might do it anyway. We'll find out. Okay, but it's... You would do that. It's sports day, whatever the fuck that is. So I It's guess, field day. It's field day. It's basically field day and for both schools, and we have to go to the boys' school because that's uh, sexism, I guess. We're always going to the boys' school. What is that about? Writers. Is that how it works in England? I don't know. We don't have because they're like we can't, separated schools we by gender. We can't have a second uh, location. We can make the school look like a different school. I think that's really what it is. <laughs> like this is the field. We only have the budget for one field. This is the field. <laughs> so we're all going to the boys' school to Trum for sports day, which is field day. And all day, Charlie is just, like, avoiding his friends. Everybody. He avoids his friends and Nick. To the point where, like, Nick is super worried enough to go talk to Tao. Because he goes to find Charlie. And he goes and finds Tao by himself. Isaac was just like, fuck all this. And he was just gone. (laughs) Isaac's like, I'm not dealing with any of this. He's not even there. And Nick's like, um, I thought Charlie was going to be here. But I guess I'll eat with you. And they kind of clear the air a little bit about Charlie, which is really good. Um, and because at this point, Tao is still mad because Charlie didn't tell him about him and Nick. And so he's like icing Charlie out, basically. Okay. Isaac doesn't want to get involved, so he just like left. <laughs> and, Isaac's being himself. Yeah, and Nick is being iced out by Charlie and he doesn't know that and or know why. So Tao basically tells him. Uh, Charlie will never say this, but he... Often feels like he ruins, you know, his existence is an inconvenience for other people and it ruins other people's lives. And uh, so, you know, he's trying to avoid you, basically. Uh, Let's see. Which, funnily enough, later in the episode, Charlie ends up talking to his sister. Mm Mm-hmm. And kind of, like, expresses this to her. Like, literally everything Tao just says. And his sister's like, he's, he's almost like, I wish I wasn't here. It's almost like a, it's almost like creeping onto like suicide ideation kind of talk. I don't think that's where he's going with it. And I think his sister freaks out and she's like, 
you didn't make my life worse. I've been here with you the whole time. Like, I'm like telling Charlie, like, like, it can be really easy sometimes when you're like, really sad about one thing, falling apart to not see the other good stuff in your life. You know yes. what I mean? It's definitely relatable. And so I'm glad his sister was there to be like, you have me. You have your friends. Like, it's not so hopeless. And she kind of like pulls him out of it a little bit. I really like that scene between the two of them. It was really sweet. It was very sweet. And, like, she put down her glass. She put down her glass. <laughs> Actually, I think it was still in her hand, but... <laughs> she always has a drink and a straw. Always. Uh, it's just... She she was always, like, slightly picking on him as, like, a sibling and... Judgmentally drinking. She'd be like, who's that? Is that Nick? <laughs> Shut up. She's like, I'll make us pizza. Yeah, she was gonna cook or order food. Well, I don't she know. said make, so maybe just unfreeze pizza. That's my assumption. But yeah, she was trying to like take care of him, and he was just like, uh, not right now. But I like that scene between the two of them. I want more for the sister. I think she gets more based on panels I've seen from the book like out there on the internet. I hope so. Yeah. So I really like that scene between the two of them. And so that's kind of all in Charlie's head going into actual sport, the sports day stuff which is the next day. I've jumped the gun there. Um, so before we wrap stuff up with, we'll just wrap it all up with Nick and Charlie and just get through all the other characters really quickly. So Tao finally realizes he has a crush on Elle. Because they go in the, they go through all of like they go to the art room, and mm-hmm. Elle has like one of her paintings up there. Which hot damn, she is talented. And they're kind of like there together, and there's like staring. And there's butterflies. And Tao gets the butterflies. Also, there's butterflies in the room. There's like artwork on the wall. All the artwork in there is really cute. I'm not surprised, but yeah. So finally, so. Slowest heterosexual slow burn I've ever seen yes. is them. Because, like, Elle figured it out in episode five, now finally Tao at the end. Love it. So he didn't know? No. Because, again, remember his... It makes sense for him, though, because he's so obsessed about protecting their friendship. Mm-hmm. He was never going to read anything into anything. So then finally they had a moment together where they were just alone, and she was going to tell him. She was like, I have something I want to tell you. And then, like, chickened out at the last moment. She's like, fuck, yeah, I can't. I don't want to ruin our dynamics. And just said something and left. And then he was like, wait. And, like, kind of put it together. And we got the butterflies. So. Butterflies! I am excited to see them finally figure their shit out. They're so cute. And so, kudos to you, Heartstopper. We don't normally root for the heterosexual couples. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, here we are rooting for them. I know. I'm excited. Damn. Damn. You made me like the heterosexuals in this show. They're so cute, though. I love them. And I want more of Tao's mom. Yeah. With Elle. I think they're they're adorable. I love them together. Even the mom is like... I think the mom even figured it out, because when Elle came over in one of the other episodes with the cookies, she's like, uh, keep the door open. Oh, she did? Yeah, she said that, and Tao's like, sure, whatever. Like, he didn't get it. She's like, uh, maybe keep the door open? Like, mom figured it out. She's like, damn it, Tao. I want a scene with all the parents together. Yeah, because you get them very much sprinkled in a little bit. Like, Charlie's mom, Charlie's dad have been sprinkled in there. Tao's mom. Mm. Nick's mom. Has Charlie's mom been there? The one up when Nick came over when he was wet in the rain. Charlie's mom. Oh, comes, yeah, 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 And that's yeah, the only yeah. time you see her. Oh my god. I know, you see she this. She got cast for that one scene. That, literally that one scene. That's the dad insane. was in two scenes. Mm-hmm. You see the sister more than you see. Like, it's more sibling-based than parents. Are you sure it was, it was only two scenes? Yeah, the dad picked... Well, maybe not two. Maybe it was, like, three scenes. He's in the car always. He's just the one that picks up Charlie and drops He's him off. He's the chauffeur. He's the chauffeur, is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then we haven't seen Elle's parents. Or Isaac's. So maybe we'll get them. I want to see Darcy's. Oh, God. I you like... know her mom is, like... A hippie. I feel like she might be a foster child. You think? I don't know. I She's just... too confident. I, she hasn't been I beaten down I feel like she has life. to be strong, though. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And that she's just, like, 
watch her parents both be lawyers like the straightest edged people of all time and they have this just wild watch the actual uh, book tell yeah, us yeah we're just we have no idea have you if you haven't if you are avid graphic novel readers of heartstopper don't, we're sorry don't judge us no nope, we'll get there someday <laughs> i'll read them all right anyway so yeah the slow burn with the straights i'm here for them uh also the lesbians were there and they were super fucking cute with their like matching face yeah. paint and, and then they, they skipped with l they skipped with l and they're holding hands and they're just cute so they were happy so no lesbians were harmed in the finale i love them but go to the next point all right because uh, i like that one okay so much. and then we get isaac's javelin throw <laughs> i love it do you want to explain this one? <laughs> it's great. He goes, throw it. And he's like just working it up. And he throws it and it's so close. It's not, it's pretty far, but it's, you see all the other ones and they're so much further, but everyone's just cheering he's on the guy. He's thrilled. And I love that he put his book down long enough um, to do that. Charlie's holding Charlie's it. Charlie's holding it. But yeah, Isaac is so proud of himself with the javelin throw and it did not go anywhere. And I just... I love it. Well, I feel like he was probably it. reading books on javelin throw, and that's his experience. That's like, it. Didn't even throw one. No. But he's like, all right, the trajectory. Diagram, diagram. All right, you Boop. hold it like this, and yeah. It went somewhere. <laughs> Hydrate for Isaac. Okay. She only does this when she's thirsty. No, that's a, that's a big moment. I love it. He was just so thrilled, and Charlie was thrilled for him, and it's just the cutest thing ever. I love Isaac. But uh, field day or whatever comes to a conclusion with the rugby match because patriarchy. And so we got to watch the rugby match. And so earlier that day, Charlie quit the rugby team because he was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. I can't. Mm -hmm. I need to be away from Nick. So he, because he's trying to just like isolate himself and he's like, fuck this shit. So Nick gets on the field and starts doing his rugby thing and then scores a point. I don't know rugby. And he goes, he gets a touch. I guess they're called touchdowns. That's what's called American football. Uh, maybe that's what he does. And then he goes he scores. to do, He's well, he gets a touchdown and then he has to do the kick for extra points. So he's about to do that. And then he finds Charlie in the crowd and then is like, fuck rugby. And he leaves. <laughs> just, they just kick the ball. Okay. And then the coach is like, this is why we can't play real games because the players just keep leaving. And just, she's like, Nick, get back here. It's like, you're supposed to. And he just like, knows. he leaves. He goes, cause he's so like afraid of losing Charlie and he's so distracted by it that he's just like leaves the rugby game, takes Charlie's hand and runs away. And they go like inside the school and they pass Imogene while their hands are linked, and she smiles, because good ally. And Nick immediately starts, like, word vomiting all of his feelings at Charlie, because he's he's really worried. He's like, I don't want to break up. I don't want to lose you. And he's like, but, like, if you want to break up, I respect you and all this <laughs> stuff. But he's like, you have to know that, like, you're the best person I ever met. And he's, like, telling him, he's like, you matter. My life is better because I met you. And Charlie's like, I believe you. He's like, well, I'm going to keep telling you until you actually believe me. Because you don't seem to believe people when they tell you this. Because that's what Tao told him. And he's like, I, I need you to feel it and actually believe what I'm telling you. Because I'm telling you the truth. And it's very cute. And then, um, my life is better because you're in it. was like the line I wrote, wrote down. Because it was very, very cute. And he just full on gay panics. And Charlie's like, I believe you. And then they kiss in the middle of the corridor, the corridor, and Nick's like, oh, are we? Whatever. <laughs> Let's go on a date. <laughs> and then they go on a super cute date. They go to the beach. Let's go to the beach. It's romantic. Let's away. Yeah. So you want to tell us about the birds in the beach car? Um, no. No? Okay. So they go to the beach, really? <laughs> I don't I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, when they go, okay, so when they go on the beach date, they get on the train. Oh! And yeah. what's in the train, Caitlin? Birds. The lovebirds. Yes, I actually have another fact about this. Yes, no, jump in, jump on Okay, in. so Theor and I, uh, I, we kept arguing about the birds. I wanted to talk about the other birds, and Theora wouldn't talk about the birds flying away. Really, the focus wasn't either of them. It was on the other person in the train. 
Because that was the writer of Heartstopper. Oh, shit, for real? Allison was in the show? Yeah. Damn it, we suck. And she was drawing a picture of the two of them. Stop it. (laughs) Okay, I have to go back and watch this immediately when we're done recording. That's so cute! That's cute, because she was sitting under the birds, the lovebirds, together. Yeah. This is cute. I love the show. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't know what you no, meant by the birds. <laughs> I need to know more behind the scenes. No, because like it's the exact same birds that we saw as the cartoon with the Emma Jean yes. scene. It's the same birds. They're just painted on the on the train. And both together and flying away. Actually, so like, oh. You see them flying away, but in the scene um, with Emma Jean, they're in the background on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I didn't yeah, realize. Yeah, and it just, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, they full on go through the entire frame, basically, the birds. Yeah. We're obsessed with the birds. We're so sorry. I know you're not here for bird talk, but I found this little detail weird and then exciting when it was on the train. Yeah. I have so many notes. I have to cross them off as I go. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have more about this? Uh, the beach the beach part? We're just going to go into the beach stuff. Yeah. Well, the beach includes the merry-go-round, right? Yeah, go. Okay, yeah. so the set decorator, Maxwell Fine. Maxwell Fine? Yeah, I know, it's just, it, I got distracted because of the nanny. Have you ever seen that show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Max nanny and then Fran Oh, Fine. shit, you're right. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's why okay, my brain that just went there. Okay, but he said the merry-go-round was filled with crew members, and then they they were stuck on it until they got enough footage because oh. they could once they committed to being on there they couldn't leave because of continuity. That's true. So they're just going around and around. And around. <laughs> That's really funny. So for those three seconds of cuteness, thank your thank the crew members for making it possible. That's so funny. Yeah, that like, three seconds that probably took at least an hour. That's to what film. I'm saying. Like they sacrificed hours of their days and like maybe their nausea being on a merry-go-round. That's really funny. This whole date sequence is really cute. Cause they like they're they they're in a town that you know nobody knows them, so they can be themselves, and it's just sweet and very cute. Do you have anything until we get to the actual beach, Mm-mm. where we get the title of the episode? Mm-mm. Okay, so then it culminates where they're at the beach, which, by the way, this looks like a stupidly uncomfortable beach because it's just rocks. It's awful. It's awful. I'm so Who sorry. Who thought to lay there? Is maybe that what all just, the beaches are like? Maybe that's just the beach look. In the, so beaches could look different as somebody who just went to Hawaii where it was like lava beaches and it's like straight up lava that you you need to wear shoes. So like this looked more comfortable than a lava beach. But, like, damn. It's just, like, straight-up rocks. So they're just laying on a towel together and talking. And Nick, I think, finally says, I think tells him I'm bisexual. And he's like, I think I'm ready to come out and all this stuff. And so he is just so happy that he gets, they get, they're just being themselves and having this, like, beautiful day that he just screams to Poseidon. Um, I like Charlie and Charlie likes me back. (laughs) Poseidon. Oh, yeah. Poseidon's like, yeah, be, get the ocean's gay, man. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, whatever. Damn. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was such a weird and cute scene at the same time. <laughs> it was super cute. Um, and then I like the part where he picks up Charlie and like carries him and he's like, you're my boyfriend. It's just so fucking stupidly cute. It's like finally Charlie gets like the thing that he wants, which is like, a boy who's not afraid to, like, be his boyfriend and say it, Mm -hmm. you know? So he finally, so, like, I just love that this episode really, like, it contrasts the first one, like, perfectly. Like, Charlie totally gets all the things he was like, I'll never get this. And he finally gets it. And Nick is, like, comfortable enough to be like, yeah. Like, I'm ready. Like, let's do it. And so it ends with them basically be like, oh, are we gonna tell people now? And it's like, yeah. So... They're gonna tell people it's season two. <sighs> I'm really I'm I'm very excited to see it. I, I'm excited to see so many things in season two, but before we get to season two, we have to get to somebody else who matters that Nick tells. Okay, basically this is the only person that matters to Theora. Yeah, so we get to <laughs> back to Olivia Coleman. Uh I just 
I love that she's in the show. She's such a beautiful actor. I just love her to death. Um, and when they're talking together, um, Nick basically expresses what Tara wanted, where he's like, I don't really want to make a big announcement about it, but I want to, I want us to be able to tell the people that matter. Because before that, they were like hiding around their friends. Well, like Charlie's friends by their friends. And so the next step is like parents. Cause like at this point, the friends all know. So Nick tells his mom and I absolutely love this conversation that they have because, like, first of all, if you had to come out to somebody, she's the person you'd want to come out to. Everybody should be able to come out to and Olivia Coleman is what I'm saying. Um, and I know well, you said to Olivia yeah, Coleman. Yeah, no, you should come out to Olivia Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> she's great. Um, but I love that he, he tells his mom, he explains, like, I'm bisexual, like, uh, Charlie is my boyfriend. I think he says that more than once. And his mom is genuinely really happy. And she says to him, I'm sorry if I ever feel you made you feel like you couldn't tell me that. Because they had many conversations where she's like, you'll find the right girl and like all this stuff. And mm-hmm. like, he never said anything. Because he tells her in this conversation, oh, I've, we've been together for a while. And like, I've liked him way before that. And like, she gets, understands that he didn't tell me. And so she's like, I'm sorry you felt like you couldn't tell me before. I'm glad you did. And she also says something else that I think is really important where she's like, you don't have to say you like girls if you don't like them. Mm-hmm. You know, cause like that's, that's a comment. I feel like that that's what's expected of men in particular. And so she's like, you don't have to say that to make me happy or like to perform. Like if you're gay, that's fine. And he's like, no, no, I do. I, I like girls and guys like, I, you know what bisexuality is. And she's like, I wasn't, I'm not from the 18th century is what she says. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. But she just handles it beautifully and hugs him. And I just, I just love all those things that she says from like a parent's perspective, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You couldn't, you maybe felt like you can tell me sooner. And like, you don't have to like perform for me basically. Like, it's okay to just be you. It's a good, uh, guideline for parents watching. Yeah, exactly. And, and for for parents and or people that have people in their life that come out to them as bisexual, because that is a thing. Yes. Right? So. I don't, I don't, I don't people... get it. I don't get it. We don't get it. That people don't uh, think oh, that yeah, bisexual is yeah. a thing. Yes, yeah. That people don't understand bisexuality. Yeah, not that we, we understand bisexuality exists. <laughs> That's not mysterious. People's reaction to it is a... Uh, I don't get it, but... I, I liked her dialogue. I thought it was really important for having a son come out to you as bisexual. Because, like, I feel like that is something we don't get a lot of exposure with. And, again, mm-hmm. representation matters. There have to be bisexual men out there. And give them a good role model, like Nick. And give those parents of bisexual men a good role model, like Olivia Coleman in this show. Like, this is... I found this storyline so, so important because it's often so missed. I mean, we are... Definitely biased in the type of media we consume, but I feel like we much more often are likely to encounter a bisexual female presenting character versus a male presenting character. So having this storyline to me is so stupidly important. And to have it be so positive mm-hmm. is so important. Like, I don't know. I just, this, this, this show meant a lot to me because I thought it was just so needed, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like as society that we live in is more accepting of, like, female presenting people that are bisexual or fluid versus men are still, like, put back in those, like, no, you have to be this one thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, again, we live in a patriarchy that's much more solidified for men. So I, I loved Nick's storyline a lot and how it was handled and his mom and all of that stuff. I thought it was so freaking important. It was a great scene. Oh, it was such a beautiful scene. And like you told me, um, Olivia Coleman. Um, messed up her lines because she got... She got so emotional from Kit. Kit is such a beautiful actor, first of all. Holy shit. He blew away Oscar Oscar winner Olivia Coleman and made her fuck up her lines because he was so good in that scene. She told him, I got overwhelmed with your little face. Yeah. It's in the blooper reel. It's so a, when you see it, you'll get to so see cute. it. Yeah, he nailed that scene. Like, it just... All of his scenes... The scene with Charlie, too, in the corridor where he's, like, freaking out. They're really good. They're, he's such a good actor. Holy shit. They're both fantastic, but, like, he just... The emotions that waft off this actor are just phenomenal. Yes. I can't believe it. 
Anything else? And that's that is the finale. You got anything, Caitlin? I do have some stuff. We got some stuff from Caitlin. Let's just see what I haven't. Okay, so my first thing is about your love. Olivia Coleman. Yep. So Theora's big thing was that she can't believe they got Olivia Coleman, and that really their budget can't. must have gone all to Olivia Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Coleman filmed her all her scenes in two days. I'm not surprised. It's Olivia Coleman. <laughs> um, Imogene and Isaac are original for the show. They're not in the books. No the way! Oh, that's fucking awesome! Yeah. Isaac replaced somebody because they didn't feel like they could give that character enough stuff, I guess. Okay. So he, like, transformed from one character in the books into a brand new character, basically. Yes. Got it. I love Isaac. That's crazy. Yeah. I love that. And I love Imogene. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that. Oh. Okay. So I wasn't, I'm not in the book fandom, but I remember when the season two announced, season two plus three announcement happened, Allison got on social media and basically was saying that, like, hinting that she was going to do more, like, ace arrow type stuff. And I guess talking about Isaac mm -hmm. is what she meant. I, I thought he was in the book. So that's really interesting that she's like, yep, that's where this character is going. We're going to explore that. That's so great. Oh, man, I love that. Go, Allison. Um, Nick's house has stained glass on the outside. Nick's house? Yep. Oh, interesting. Um, so. Or Charlie's house. Because Charlie's house has a bunch of stained glass in it. I don't know. I thought okay. it said Nick. Okay. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember seeing Nick's house. We're just like inside of it. I don't know. I think it's Charlie's. Charlie's well, has straight up stained I thought glass. they said Nick. That's fine. Okay. I don't know. Somebody's. Okay, so whatever room, they had to figure out how to, they oh, had to, because when you're inside, so. Oh, maybe it was Nick's house. Sorry. They had to put gels on the light hmm. to make it tinted a different color. Oh. Do you know what I mean by gels? No, but I understand why they did that. Yeah. To, like, make it more one color versus, like, multiple colors of the lights. Is that what you mean? Mm, instead of, like, a light like this, mm -hmm. they'll put uh, blue gel on it to make it look blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, blue uh, gel is basically... It's not paper, but this, like, plastic-looking thing. Okay. That won't burn with the light. Because yeah, these lights are really freaking hot. I believe it. Um... And so they can just, like, I forget how they put it on there. But, yeah, you can just put it on there and then it makes it a color. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that if you're on locations with stained glass. A lot of um, directors and cinematographers stay away from a lot of colors because they're worried that it will distract the audience. Yeah, sure. But this one uh, loved the colors and wanted to play with it as much as possible. Uh, there's a lot of light playing in this kind of <laughs> yes. freaking show. Um, for the coloring, they used LUTs for the footage. So basically they film in RAW, so everything is very, um, not dried out, what is it? Washed? Yeah, washed out. Okay. And, like, very flat. Flat. It's a flat yeah, yeah. image. I was gonna say, what is the opposite of contrast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flat. <laughs> um, so a LUT is a lookup table, mm. and it's basically a template color grade, so you put it on it and then it's, like what the camera sees cool. so there's LUTs for specific cameras but Heartstopper's LUT put tur turquoise in the shadows oh interesting and it was also one stop darker so um I don't know how to explain a stop it just makes the image darker than what it actually is okay oh, so and then once you have the base grade on it because that's basically the base that they go with then they'll play around with the colors mm -hmm. and the contrast so they'll up put more light in the shadows yeah and the let also warms people's skin tones so they were already playing with the colors before shooting it basically um i don't know if they did it before you can put a lot in the the uh the screen the monitor that's like you can view the footage on it okay but you won't see it in the camera. I see. It'll oh, be flat when you're okay, looking okay. I gotcha. in the camera. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and I think that's probably why the blue seems saturated. Yeah. That, I think they I... did really up that because 
Um, I think the cinematographer was worried that it was overboard, but um, she said it ended up looking alright. And now, this is just random, but Tao's blanket has leaves on it. <laughs> Should have mentioned that when I said the stars and the hearts on the phone. Cases. No, it's okay. Here we are. Now we know where the leaves came from because the leaves show up like first. Yeah. It's like the first animation. We're like, what the fuck? Why are there fucking leaves here? This is so random. Tao's blanket. It's Tao's fault. Um, the tree on the Truem school uniforms, uh, they bloom throughout the whole show. On the, like, the, you know. No like, way! Yeah, the tree's like... Oh, that's cool. And it's like to... Passage of time, kind of thing? Yeah, the, the change of seasons yeah. and the romance blossoms. That's so cool. I, I thought I saw that. I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, does that seem more like a tree than normal? <laughs> the yeah, that's like... so cool! Man, there's so many little fun... Tit- they really did put a lot of detail into this yes. show like um, detail. go check out the, like if you just look up behind the scenes and like buzzfeed they do have an article i'm not saying all of it i do we're cherry picking yeah i recommend it because they do pick out like very obscure things that's super cool i love shows that do stuff like that and then the article that i've been getting from the cinematographer they gave me the camera and the lenses that they used so, they use an Alexa Mini LF, which is an RE camera, which is, one of them was like $98,000. Oh my god. It's actually not that bad. Oh man, that makes it worse. <laughs> I feel like there's definitely way more expense. Well, see, it's not just the camera either, it's the lenses. Oh yeah. So, they use Canon K35 lenses, and those are cine lenses. They're prime lenses, so, which means you have prime and zoom and prime means it's a fixed focal length. So, mm-hmm. say this length, we can get closer and further, but the, well, the camera can get closer and further, but you have to physically move Correct, it. Correct, yeah. Where a zoom is, you can just stay here and then Adjust move the lens. the lens. But prime, the benefit of prime lenses is that you can have a lower aperture, mm-hmm. which means you can film in lower light settings yeah. better without having to up the ISO, mm-hmm. which... The higher ISO it is, the more grainy the image is. So yeah. if you ever see an image that has, like, a bunch of noise in the image, like, so, like, those, like, little floaty, I can't really explain it's it. It's like little light floaties. Is it like when you try to take a picture of the moon with your camera? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. And you're like, this is crap. Yes. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, your yeah. phone cannot ISO that to <laughs> see the moon. Yeah, your phone is, like, maxing out. Yeah. And like, okay, well, I won't get into too much of a lesson because then you have the whole um, triangle, exposure triangle yeah. thing. But we'll get in. We don't have to do. It. But the camera is on the Netflix approved list. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, Netflix. Interesting. You have to use an approved Netflix camera if you want your show to be an original. Interesting. They must have contracts, I assume. I see. I don't. I think shows are produced before Netflix even it becomes original. Sometimes interesting. I don't. At one point, I don't think documentaries had to fight. I was in a distribution class, so yeah. we were looking into everybody's requirements and trying to see if we could get my film on there. Actually, <laughs> that's really cool. Thank you for sharing all that, Caitlin. Yeah. There's there's just so much on this show. We we scratched the surface. I could go did. into more, but oh, yes. I, yeah. we won't. We won't. Uh, unless <laughs> you're on Patreon. a lot more technical stuff. Unless you're on Patreon, you'll see much more content. Yes, <laughs> a lot more. All right, so before we hop on over to Patreon to watch yeah, it's the season two trailer. off soon, so let's... Oh, we still have to do the hydration. We're going to hydrate. All right, so, Caitlin. Mm. On the high by duration scale, because these bitches say hi and bye so many times, how much would you hydrate... For Heartstopper, for all the G's I. Eight. I'm giving it a ten. <laughs> I know you do, Will. Honestly, I love the show. It's the queerest show I've seen in a very long time that is not... Like, it doesn't do stereotypes, honestly. It feels very real, all the characters and their journeys, and I enjoy the way they tell it. It's really good. I don't know why I give it an 8, 
but it's what it's I high feel for you. My, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm no, a low rate. That's really high. Yeah, exactly. If this isn't like my favorite thing ever, I it's know. pretty low. Caitlin, I know why. It's because Nellie's not in every episode. I love Nellie. Yeah. You'd give it a 10 if Nellie's in every episode. Oh my God. If Nellie had like a whole storyline. Oh, actually, but yeah, oh, sorry, go, go, go. I, I have a Nellie tidbit for you. What? Okay, forgot to mention this. When they're doing, when they're on their beach date and they go to those cutouts to put their faces through uh-huh. and take pictures, the dog. Um, is Nelly from the graphic novel? <gasps> yeah, and then Nick puts his face in Nelly's body. Oh, and Charlie, I think, was the cat. Yeah, that's Nelly from the graphic novels. I know. Do you get a nine now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, eight and a nine. All right, so check out Heartstopper if you haven't already. There we... should have been a bird cut out. There Nelly should have put her. <laughs> they should have brought Nelly. Maybe yeah. you couldn't bring her to the beach. But anyway. If you haven't watched it, please go watch it. We spoiled the shit out of it for you. Uh, <laughs> season two was probably already out when you're watching this. We will be covering that next. And we are going to hop on over to Patreon right now and uh, watch the, the trailer and react to it. We haven't seen it yet. So if you want to watch that, head on over to Patreon. If not, uh, hydrate for lesbian Jesus. And get it up all over the place. Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod. Or email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.